Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Women wrapped up in blankets and they're looking for food. It's the saddest thing I've ever witnessed. Trust is a human emotion. And for some reason, we've embedded trust in social media. I thought about you, but I did get it because you've given us so much airtime. Thank you so much. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Extra WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. 0818-969696 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. So much to do this morning, so much to find out what the hell is going on at Marina Market. What is the real story behind that? Although it says in the paper this morning that there is no danger of the market having to close, which is great news, but what on earth? is going on down there. Also, we are looking at the disgraceful treatment of staff at Butcher's Block, uh, which closed. Literally, they got a call to say, don't bother going into work. I mean, I thought that was done. I thought we were finished with that kind of carry-on in, in 2022, but clearly not. One of the great mysteries of the weekend also, we'll never solve it unless he tells us himself, but what happened to George Hamilton? Like, where did he get that big shiner? Did you see it? Of the telly last night. The screenshots of it all over Twitter this morning and Instagram. Like, poor George Hamilton. It's like he played the rugby match on Saturday night and then went out to commentate on the soccer match on Sunday. The shiner on the poor tip. Where did that come from? Monday morning, glorious morning. You'd be half afraid to wonder why are there flood warnings. There was some heavy rain overnight, but where are the floods? because it's a beautiful morning out there. Also, we don't know exactly how it's working out with the new entrances and exits and slip roads and side roads and whatever you have in your subsequent roads at Dunkettle. So if it made any difference to your commute this morning, did it make it different? Did it make it harder? Did it make it easier? Did it solve problems that we've been having for the last few weeks? Do let me know when when safe to do so. We are going to take a kind of a deeper dive uh, in a week or so into the whole traffic management system and these new traffic arrangements which are causing havoc. We're going to go deep into those next week on the programme with someone who knows them better than most, with someone who knows car traffic better than most. I'll tell you who it is 
uh, when we get closer to the time. But let me go first. I have an email in front of me uh, sent on to me overnight last night. It says, Dear employee, due to these severe economic conditions, we regret to inform you we have ceased trading from the 19th of November 2022. That comes from the management to employees of the Butcher's Block. Podge, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Well, whatever about me, Podge, I'd say you've had better weekends. A lot better. A lot, lot better. What happened? Um, well, literally what happened was I got a phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning that I had no work when my shift was begin was supposed to start at 8. Um, so I was like in a bit of a panic. Which one did you work in? Uh, Blackpool. Okay. It was from the assistant manager, so we all arranged to meet down outside the shop to find out what was going on. Um, when I got there, I spoke to the manager, and he explained to me that he got a message off one of the owners at about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning saying the shop was closed. There was no need for staff to come to work and a lot of other Rubbish, to be honest. Well, let's let's read for the benefit of listeners, Podge. Let's let's read, and thank you for sending it to me. This is the email that was circulated. It said, "Dear employee, due to the severe economic conditions, we regret to inform you we've ceased trading from the nineteenth November, twenty twenty-two. Due to the dire financial position of the company, we cannot pay any entitlements due to employees, holiday, back week, statutory redundancy. We're arranging for the appointment of a liquidator in the next few weeks, and then." And it goes all about the Department of Social Welfare statutory. Then it suggests that you contact the local social welfare office to claim benefits and yes. any paperwork will be passed on to you. But to get that five weeks before Christmas, did, did you know, how long were you working there, Pudge? I, I would have been working there eight years on the 1st of December. Eight years. And was there any sign of this? Well, n- not to happen as fast as it did, but... We had a feeling it was going to happen maybe after Christmas, you know. Yes. But we weren't too sure. It was just like in the last week alone, there was suppliers onto the manager. Right. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of like, there's something going on here, you know. But we didn't expect for it to happen. Five weeks. Five weeks to Christmas, yeah. Um, there's a lot of staff there, including myself, that have young kids. I have a two and a four-year-old. There's another lad that works for me. has a one-year-old. Um, there's a few Douglas and the exact same boat as us, you know. So it is a bit of a shock in fairness. We don't know where to go, to be honest, from here. Like, we don't know what to do. Zero notice. Zero notice. Literally told in a world before you're supposed to start your shift that your job is gone. Yeah. Is the best way to put it. What an awful thing to happen. Oh, I know. I know. Especially the time of year, you know. That's the worst thing about it. And people are very upset about on social media about the way it has been done and, the, and like you said, the lack of notice. Like, so you got this call at seven o'clock Saturday morning, not to bother coming in at eight. When did you get the email I've just read out? When did that arrive? I got an email today at about we'll say between six and seven. But I was on I was on the phone actually to the Talleranch, and they were still trading, and they didn't have a clue about any of this. What do you think will will happen here, Pudge? I mean, where do you go from here? Have you got any legal advice as to what you're entitled to now? None whatsoever so far, but I suppose that's the first step. 
and getting things sorted because we're in we're obviously entitled to some sort of redundancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Legal advice. Sign going in and signing on and see where we go from there. I suppose. That's not a journey anybody wants to make. Not at all. No. Is there work out there for fellas of your experience? Plenty, I'd say. Plenty. I'm after I'm after sending out um, a CV already, you know. Right. So to get the ball on because it's it's way too close to Christmas to be out of work for me anyway. Oh god, yeah. And basically everyone else because I've spoken to everyone, they're all heartbroken to be honest. Yeah. How many staff are in Blackpool and Douglas combined, would you think? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, so that's... Fifteen. Fifteen families have lost an income five weeks before Christmas with an hour's notice. Exactly. <clears throat> My heart goes out to you, man. I have no words. I just don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't know what to say myself. To be honest, they're telling us we worked all this week. We're not getting paid for us. They're not giving us any holidays awards. And he walked him out and don't ask him to say anything, basically. Not even a thank you. Well, to, to, to quote the email, it says, due to the dire financial position of the company, we cannot pay any entitlements due to employees, i.e. holidays, back week, statutory redundancy. That's that bit. And then suggests you contact the local social welfare office to claim your benefits as soon as possible. Yeah, they're very kind in that. Yeah, I know. I know. <sighs> Well, hopefully one of those CVs will come back to you quick enough and hopefully. you'll get something sorted, fella. But that's no that's no way to be dropped from your job five weeks to Christmas. No, no. Like, I'm up under eight years, but there's lads there are 20 years, there's lads there are 12 years, you know? And they got... It doesn't matter how long you're there, really, to be honest. It's just like the way they went about it. It's just, it was just totally unacceptable, to be honest. Yeah. It was... Um, I don't know. I know. I know. I know. No, no, no. There's no words for it. Podge, I, I wish you luck and, and your colleagues luck. And, I, you know. Thanks very much for taking the time and for taking the call, to be honest. Yeah. Thank you for getting in touch with us. Cheers. Thank you. Bye now. Cheers, Podge, and good luck. I hope you pick up work fast. Just to read that email again from the Butcher's Block, it's it, and it ends by saying, we suggest you contact the local social welfare office to claim your benefits as soon as possible. Uh, the paragraph above that says, we are arranging for the appointment of a liquidator in the next few weeks. The liquidator will be able to arrange with the Department of Social Welfare for the payment of your statutory entitlements. However, this will unavoidably take several weeks to arrange. Do you know, this is the time of year when people would have gone into butchers like the butcher's block. I know Queen Bee was only talking about it last weekend. And we haven't done it yet, but she was only talking about it last weekend, about going down and paying the deposit for the turkey and the ham. And we were even having the chat, like, would we go for the full turkey or just the... You know, you know the kind of conversation you have when you plan. And she was all headed, planning to be headed down to put money down on a turkey and ham at the butcher's block. She would have been doing it maybe this weekend, certainly no later than next weekend. I wonder if anybody has done that already. Because if it's a liquidation situation, as this email says it is, it says it is, I have it here, they have branches, Douglas Blackpool, at the Dungarvan Shopping Centre, Port Leash, Tala. Tala was still open at the weekend. 
But if there's a liquidator coming in here, it means any deposits that were handed in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday. Uh, good luck with getting your turkey out of that, is what I'd be thinking. 0818-969696. Get ready to meet the Cork's 96FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join KC and the 96FM Street Fleet at Magical Blarney in Blarney Woolen Mills this Saturday afternoon from 4pm. We're there to bring the music fun and countdown to Santa himself arriving in style. Come enjoy the fun this Saturday afternoon from 4 at Magical Blarney in Blarney Woolen Mills with Cork's 96FM. Now, Ernest, uh, you left Butcher's Block a while back, but uh, some of your friends and indeed your mom still working there. They had no idea this was coming. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they didn't see this coming. You know, um, they were sent a text in the middle of the night uh, at around 1.42 a.m. Um, just to advise them that unfortunately they've closed the shop in Douglas and there'll be no need for them to attend work anymore. Um, now, they sent this text to the manager and the manager obviously had the decency to text the rest of the employees in the morning just to advise them, look, you know, you won't be, um, you won't be attending work. This was they were totally unaware that this was going to happen. You know, they were just an absolute shock and they were taken completely by surprise to this, you know. I mean, five weeks before Christmas. Exactly. Like, you know, they they really thought, you know, um, that this was going to be their chance to work the extra hours. You know, obviously the cost of living has gone up and they were really looking forward to just having those extra hours in the run-up to Christmas. Mm. The communication last minute communication like that that's that's no way to treat people Ernesta is it? No absolutely not you know they obviously this isn't a surprise for the owners and for them not to have the decency you know to sit down with their employees to explain them what is going to happen or at least what the position of the company is you know to give people to give their employees a chance to you know to to find employment to start looking for alternative routes you know especially now that this is coming into the busy time of year that um, you know they, they have employees there with families they have employees there across both stores in Douglas and Blackpool that mm. are family units. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that. I know, as you said to me, you you left a little while back, but you have friends and indeed your mom still. What kind of people are working in the Douglas shop? What kind of people were behind the counter? Listen, they were staff for the last 15, 20 years. You know, they know their employees or the customers, apologies. Um, you know, they, they would consider them almost friends. You know, I mean, people come in to get their meat on a weekly, if not a daily basis. You know, so they've they've really kind of bonded and created excellent relationships with their customers. Mm. Um, and it was just such a nice environment for them to come into. You know, they yeah. were all very, very close. They were all very friendly. Um, you know, they were an absolutely amazing bunch of people and I in fact was very very sad when I had to leave because I've been very close with them you know I worked there um, for about six or seven eight years and I was very very close with the employees yeah and this time of the year very much from personal experience in my family this is time when people would be would have been going down to Douglas to book their turkeys and their hams absolutely I mean everybody's looking forward to Christmas you know and it's very exciting I don't know if you've seen the email that they got last night Podge Another employee was good enough to mm-hmm. send it on to us. There's nothing there. There isn't a penny there for these people. No, absolutely not. And I mean, the the the, the way they behaved on the night of the closure, you know, they cleared out the store in the middle of the night. They didn't even get a chance for the employees to come in and collect their belongings. 
you know, which is completely unfair. So where's their stuff now? Where are they going to go get their stuff? Well, they've they've been in the text that they received, the first text to say that the shop was closed. They said that somebody, you know, not being specific as to who, that somebody will contact them for their bits and pieces, which is extremely vague, you know, and so they are still waiting for information when they can actually go and collect the rest of their belongings. Nesta, a lot of people left in the lurch over the weekend. Uh, Please uh, convey to those you know in Douglas, not just our thoughts at the moment, but on behalf of my family, personal wishes for good luck in the future because the way they've been treated is appalling. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that, PJ. No problem. Cheers, Ernesto. No, no, and look, companies are what they are and they do what they do and the law is what it is and there's probably no law at any of any kind being broken in any of this thing. I, but at the same time, you don't. I'm sorry, you just don't ring someone at 7 o'clock in the morning and say, don't bother coming to work, your job is done. You just don't do that. We now know Tala, their Tala branch uh, is open this morning. Also, uh, we're getting reports that their Sandymount branch in Dublin is open. Uh, Ernesta has also told us off air that her own mum has taken deposits for Christmas meat at the Douglas branch. Now, unless they plan to fulfil those orders from their Dublin stock. I mean, did they expect you to drive to Tala for your turkey? Uh, but anyway, there must be a lot of people who were part of this. They had this savings scheme as well running up to Christmas and lots of others who've paid deposits. I mean, if Ernesta's mom uh, is taking deposits or was taking deposits up to COB Friday, there must be others who gave money in. Have you been affected by this? Have you given money in? Have you been part of this savings scheme? You can call us if you have 0818 96 9696. Now, Nathan saw this coming. Uh, He was laid off himself a few weeks ago. But Nathan says he saw this coming. Catch up with Nathan next. 0818 96 96 96. Particularly anxious to find out did anybody hand over a deposit for a turkey or a ham or a goose or whatever else you have in yourself for Christmas in either Blackpool or Douglas? on, say, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Did, did anybody hand over money? And as I said, only for timing and the fact that we were both quite busy this weekend with other things, I think we'd have been down there. Certainly Queen Bee would have been down there Friday uh, putting down her deposit for Turkey and Ham. So we've been doing it for years. So they do take them at this time of the year. 0818 96 96 96. Hey, Simon here. Join me all this week from midday to win tickets to my big night out at the brilliant Improv Panto at Cork Opera House. You and three friends could be joining me on opening night Friday, December 9th for a drinks reception followed by a night of hilarious improv. Not for smallies. This panto is made up on the spot based on audience suggestions. Live music, laughter and chaos guaranteed. The Improv Panto from December 9th. Tickets from CorkOperaHouse.ie. Tune in weekdays from midday to win on Cork. 96 FM. So Nathan, you're gone from the butcher's block now a few weeks, um, but you you did you you saw this coming, or at least that's your view anyway. You reckoned it was coming. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Uh, yeah, I did see this coming. To be quite honest, I'd say seven months before it happened to this day, the place was wasn't running as smoothly as it did 
back last year. In what way? The products weren't coming in as fluently. There was less of everything. Right. Because I always remember the butcher's block in Douglas, and my wife would have been a good customer down there. Always plenty of stuff, particularly, say, at barbecue season and at Christmas time. Piles of stuff. Yeah, it has, it has decreased now over the last few months. And um, no, I'm not sure if the the rising bills affected him. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But we did have a good few customers come in and complaining, saying, "Where's chicken drumsticks or where's the barbecue sausages?" We had no answer for them because we didn't know ourselves, and it was getting less and less every week. I see. It really was, and I saw it coming personally. I'm not sure now if other people did, but I really did see this coming. It was only a matter of time. What was your own experience? 7th of November, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was... I was very upset because I had a great relationship with everyone in there. You know, every time I come into work, it was... We always had a laugh. You know, I know since I was gone, I've been really separated from those people. Yeah. What did they say when they were letting you go? Not much. My manager got on to me and I... He, he texted me and then I went down to the butcher's block and... We only had a small chat because he was it, the shop was busy that day, and then I left. Hmm. I had my bag and I just left. How long had you been there? I'd been there since I was fourth year, right. secondary school. I'm twenty now. Okay, three or four, three or four years. Three or four years, yeah. Have you been able to find another job, or is there any sign of another job? Oh, I, I, I was kind of. I found an apprenticeship carpentry now and delighted. I must over the moon with it. Good man. Um but um if my mother saw it, like she said, like she knew she saw better in me because she always kinda knew I was good at the construction kind of work. So I went for that and now I'm flying it. Good lad, good lad. Did you get any kind of a severance, any kind of a package? No, I didn't and I'm still waiting for my redundancy to come in. Hmm. But it's just it's not coming yet. Have, have you had to go through welfare for it? I did, yeah. And I'll, I'll have to ring them again now this week because I'm hearing no progress over it now or I'm not hearing anything off the owners or yeah. anything like that. So I'll have to take further steps. You probably didn't see the email that went around at the weekend, or did you? They say, go to social welfare for your entitlements. No, I didn't because... As I said, I'm not really in touch yeah. with anyone in the butchers anymore because they're probably all going, their stress levels are probably, probably going through the roof. That's probably the last thing they want to hear off me. I know, I know. I know. I was talking to Podge. It's it's the way that it was done. Like, Podge gets a call 7 o'clock on Saturday morning, don't bother coming in at 8. Yeah, it's... I was shocked myself when I heard the news and there was no, like... I think they should have gave kind of a a warning or three weeks notice because I know it's a I know about fifty people working all over the country in these shops and they're all young families and they have children seven six or seven years old Christmas around the corner yeah you're meant to spoil them but like as the bills now are going up everything's going up even the diesel even getting diesel for a car nowadays is breaking your wallet and yeah. Christmas now, only a few weeks away, I'd know how they're going to manage. Yeah, it's tough. It's very tough. 
Nathan, I'm delighted to hear that you've got yourself the apprenticeship and good luck with it. There'll always be work for a good carpenter, fella. <laughs> Thanks very much. Take care and good luck. Cheers. Cheers, Nathan. Yeah, the Tala branch is still trading at the moment. Uh, we've been on to them. So what we've asked them to do is get a message on our behalf to management, to owners, to see can we get at least a statement. I, I would prefer to have someone on the end of the phone answering a few very simple questions, like why did you do that to people and why did you do it that way? Um, and Douglas, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. Another former Butcher's Block employee. When did you find out and how that your job was gone? Well, uh, my manager told me basically in the morning, you know, it was like I supposed to start my shift on uh, at, at 7 o'clock and he just got on me like uh, before 6. Right. And he said that there's no, no necessarily to go to work because the shop is closed. The what? Douglas and, and, and the back Blackpool shops What, what branch were you in, Manugas? I I'm in Blackpool. Blackpool, okay. And how long have you been there? Well, I'm there 18 years. Oh 18 and a half, Oh, goodness me. Oh, my goodness me. This is, a, this is an awful blow. To, and you, had you no idea? Well, I'll be honest now with you, because I'm in a bit of a management position as well, because I'm an assistant manager there. You know, we, I was making the orders from the suppliers and everything. But I, I feel the last week that because suppliers was coming, like, calling for us and they was looking for money basically you know and they were saying that look listen i'm not going to deliver you anything else because it's not paid for three 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 months four months so uh we was kind of you know curious what's going on but our our bosses like three three brothers they wasn't saying anything about it okay they was just they was chatting with us and they were saying that look listen i i i gonna sort it i gonna sort it i gonna sort okay. it okay 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 so so definitely there was a there was a, a an inkling of something during the week but no sign or no notion of getting called an hour before you're due to start work and like you said you're there 19 years you yeah. came like you you came from lithuania i think originally and got a job yeah. there pretty much straight away yeah yeah Wow, wow! That's my only one job what I got in Ireland, and 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 I was delighted to be honest now with you. You know, I was working. I st- I'm I'm start I'm start from the small small uh, guy who was making burgers, and and I have a position what I had now. But yeah. well done. That's a shock. That's a shocking thing, you know. T- now for for our family's life. Yeah. Like, how are you going to manage? I mean, there's not a cent there for you. You haven't been paid for your past week. There's no sign of welfare, no severance, no nothing. You'll get, well, you'll get redundancy through the welfare system, but what are you going to do coming up to Christmas? I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things now happening in my head that it's just hard to say what's, what, what's next, what to do. You see, like for me, the first, first thing, I have no idea where to go and what to do. I need to get some sort of advice from, I don't know, probably lawyer or someone. Yeah. You know, where to apply, for what to apply, because I have uh, two kids as well in the house, you know, they're teenagers, and it's very sad to, set, to, to tell them that, that, look, listen, daddy, the last job, that's it. And a Christmas going to be probably not the way like they was before. Yeah. 
What age are your family? They are 13 and 15 years. So all they've ever known is dad being a butcher. Yeah. yeah. And your partner? My wife, she's on uh, invalided pension, actually. So it's oh, as well. Lady. Well, I know you say you don't know where to get help. Your probably best bet is just to go and sign on. You'd, I'm sure you probably don't even know where to do that, do you, mate? <laughs> to be honest, no. No, because you've never had to. You've never had to. You've come here and you've gotten work from day one and you've worked until this weekend and you're told with one hour to go. Yeah, Don't basically, yeah. But you see, the thing is, another thing is that many customers are uh, have a saving stamps and, and and that kind of things, you know, yes. in, our, in, our, in, our, in our branches. And I don't know, some shops was taking even deposits for Christmas. Were you taking deposits? Well, I personally, I wasn't taking any deposits because I was trying to say to customers that, look, listen, we don't know. Right. We don't know where we are, you know, because the prices are up to the roof. And I can't say for you that, look, listen, I'm going to give you a turkey for that kind of price. Oh, I see. So you, 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 you couldn't even be sure what the price of the turkeys would be, but, but, but there were... You know, I'm in that business long time and I know how it's working, like, you know, because, well, to, to, to say for a customer that, look, listen, I'm going to take the deposit for, for, for turkey, you need to be sure that uh, the turkey going to cost that much, you know? Yeah. You need to know price, and it was it was before like that, like you know, the week week before December, one week before December. Oh, you know what you'd be paying because yeah, yeah. As I was just saying here a couple of times, like this is the this is the time of year we would normally have gone to to butcher's block, but this is fifteen. It's your family, it's it's Podge's family, it's other fifteen families cut off at an hour's notice. Five weeks, five weeks before Christmas. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough. Well, well, I don't know. I don't know what the law is, or they can do that way, or or, or it's just. Yeah. Well, that's something we may need to find out. We may may need to get a, a legal view on it. But you know what? What's legally right isn't isn't right either. Do you know what I mean? It might be legally yeah. okay, but it, it morally it certainly ain't right. Mendogas, oh, I, yeah. I, I wish you well. Is, is there any pro- I mean, a, a guy like yourself, you've got lots of experience, you've trained, you're a butcher, and you've got management experience. You will you will be snapped up. You know that, don't you? You will be snapped up, mate. <laughs> yeah. You will be snapped up. Yeah. All right, buddy. My best to you and your family. Thanks, Milan. Take care. There you go. 19 years. First and only job he's ever held in Ireland. When in there making burgers, trained up to be an assistant manager. And he gets one hour's notice. He's got two kids and a wife on disability. Five weeks before Christmas, one hour's notice. It's, it's just not good enough. It's just not bloody well good enough. We are trying to contact the company... It's been the last 12 to 15 hours. Email, social media, phone. We've asked the branch in Tallow, which is still open. They won't comment, which is fine. We've asked them to pass a message on to the managers and the owners for us. And we will continue to try to get, at very least, a statement. At very least, a statement. But I want I want somebody on the end of the phone answering questions. I, I want it. I demand it. 
This is not... I mean, you can't do this to people five weeks before Christmas. This is nearly as bad as what Elon Musk was doing at Twitter. Let's go and catch up on that with uh, Adrian Wechter, the tech... I'll come, back, I'll come back to Butcher's Block. Anyone wants to comment on it, happy to do that. But this is... It's, it's, it's other mistreatment of staff. Adrian Wechter, tech editor with the Irish Independent with regard to Elon Musk and Twitter. It's been very hard to figure out the facts from the nonsense, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. What is, is what has been going on? What's been going on is that he has let uh, about 140 people go from Twitter in Dublin. It's about a third of the workforce, and uh, more than half of the the workforce in California go. Um, that includes core engineers, core engineering teams. Um, if anybody is, who's listening uses Twitter and uses the app in particular, they'll probably have noticed it's few things that are a bit wobbly about it at the moment, a bit shaky, it starts to jitter a bit. Mm. The, the number of spam followers has shot up. I myself have gotten about 200 bot followers in the last four or five days. Things are starting to break down. Mm. You're trying to read um, a thread and it's jumping up and down. It's very yeah. unstable. Yeah. yeah, that's correct, yes. Um, so, I thought that was something to do with the new iOS, but clearly no. not. No, no, it's the, the, the app itself. Uh, they don't have enough people now to actually... Uh, take care of the app and um, the whole thing is a clown show to be honest at the moment I mean and like Twitter is one of these apps if you don't use it Twitter is the app that basically decides you know 30, 40, 50% of the rest of the news that's where an awful lot of stuff actually happens in real time so the fact that this guy Elon Musk who to be fair to him is a fabulous success in Tesla and SpaceX and he has that in the vault and if he died tomorrow that would still be his legacy not Twitter but the fact that a billionaire just bought it on a whim and is sacking everybody left right and centre and is he's now let Donald Trump back onto the platform he's let Kanye West back onto onto the platform and he's let a whole load of people who were kicked off for you know racism or anti-Semitism or inciting riots and violence and it just doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah. Like, people were saying at the weekend, oh, uh, if this place is gone and is going to close and go to implode, then I'm off. Is it going mm. to close, Adrian? Is, are Twitter's days numbered? I still, even after all the crap, I'm, I am would veer towards being mildly optimistic and that I don't think Twitter is going to close or collapse. The worst-case scenario is that he sort of runs it into the ground. It gets it. it you start seeing uh, it stall quite a bit. Outages, the return of the old fail whale, which those who've been using Twitter for a while will recognise. But then he'll sell it, or something else like that will happen. He'll get tired of it. Like Twitter is just kind of too important, um, and it's also unique. So a lot of people you'll hear saying, oh, well, what are the alternatives? I'm off to a new service called Mastodon. Yeah, you know? we'll talk about that in a second, because yeah. I've, I've tried it. I've tried mm-hmm. it, Adrian, and it ain't easy. Bit janky, bit oh. janky. It's quite hard to get on. And, and also, they're very, very, very fussy over there. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm not one... I'm not one of these free speech, hardcore libertarians who thinks that you can say anything you want. I don't. I think there are real world consequences to what you say. But on the other hand, like <laughs> the Irish one, um, uh, quote unquote Irish one, 
mastodon.ie um, and I can explain if you want how you get onto it and what it's about but basically the Irish one that most people are going to has a picture of Michael D. Higgins uh, on the front. Now that's completely fine. Michael D. is a popular figure with a lot of people but right off the bat they're signalling that this is a place where certain you know you think a certain way and, and that's completely fine. You're, you're entirely entitled to have your, your online club but it's a very, very different proposition to what Twitter is, which is, you know, people from all sides of the spectrum uh, coming at us mm. um, and, and where news breaks. Yeah. What I'm hearing about Mastodon, as I said, I can't figure my way around it at all. To yeah. very, but anyway, I'm hearing that, you know, you know the way, Adrian, we all have in-jokes with, with mm. those that we communicate with all the time and and. Our, our circle gets the in-joke, even if it is a little bit white-knuckled sometimes. People are being chucked off Mastodon for in-jokes and for, for stuff that their friends will get. I know. You know? I know, I know. I, there was one instance, there was a couple of Irish Times journalists who kind of were ceremoniously booted out because uh, there was a row. Somebody suggested that um, they didn't want the kind of you know, narkiness that journalists bring into, uh, onto, you know, platforms like Twitter. And one of the journalists from the Irish Times said, well, is, are you just talking about Twitter here? Are uh, journalists here? And um, isn't that a bit sort of anti-journalist? And she was kicked out. Us? Narky? Adrian, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, look, narkiness, narkiness is fine. I mean, it's when narkiness transcends into something different that it yeah. could kind of, you know, but I agree with you. Mastodon is very, it's a little bit like in the, about 10, 15 years ago, there was this big debate over what the future of computers were. Was it Microsoft or was it this thing called Linux, which was kind oh, of a God. DIY? And, and Mastodon is a little bit like Linux. There's a, the, you sort of have to, there's a large DIY element about it and kind of steep learning curve. Now, to be fair, there was with Twitter as well at the mm. beginning. You know, but there was more heavy, more of the heavy lifting was done for you by the app, I think, in Twitter than has been done true. by now. Just lastly, Adrian, on the treatment of the of the workers mm-hmm. in in Twitter, because mm-hmm. they have been treated appallingly. Have they yeah. any recourse? Does does this guy yeah. think that he can do something in America and universally he's covered all, all over the world? Because employment law varies from country to country. Yeah, he can't. Like the scenes that you usually see in the States when the employee is fired, they walk out with their cardboard box. You can't do that in Ireland. Now, Twitter does have, you know, good lawyers and, you know, on this side of the Atlantic as well. So they will know that. And my understanding is a lot of the people who have been told they're being let go, they're like a lot of them are still there in Twitter in Dublin. So if it, what happens in Ireland is you're, you're put on notice that your job may be impacted and you could go into a consultation period and it's effectively a dunky period. But for all intents and purposes, they do know that the intent, that they are being uh, let go. Um, but he can't just fire them and, 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 um, you know, like get them out of the company yeah. early. Even still, it is still, the way he's doing it, it's such a clown show. He's firing some of them and then a week later begging a handful of That's them right. to come back or to stay on. And he's it's, telling it's, people that they can't, they can't work from home anymore and come back in for much, long, much longer hours. 
which, by the way, we'll, we, you know, he's want to be very careful about that. We have a law coming in That's in a right. couple of months about about the a right to to reasonable remote yeah. working. Now, it's not a cast iron right; you can't just demand it, but you have to. Your employer has to engage with you on it. So you can't just say it's not they allowed. Have yeah. They have to be able to show you, yeah. and in, in a legally sound way, show you why mm-hmm. you can't do it. Lastly and briefly, Adrian, yes or no? Will Twitter survive this? Yes. I was thinking the same thing myself. But thank you very much, Adrian Merkler, tech editor of The Independent. Kate? Hi. Um, I just want to talk about the butcher's block there. Like, they knew months and months and months ago that things were wrong. And they ring them then at 3 o'clock in the morning to say their jobs are gone. Like, somebody has to start protecting workers. Yeah. They have, there's nobody protecting Like, I know a lot of them aren't unionised. You can assault their but Surely there's lawyers there in Cork and everywhere else that can stand up for them and say, sorry, you can't do this. And they need to be given their money. But also, people have ordered their turkeys and hams from them or everything. And they knew they were going. And yet, they took the orders. Well, well we can only assume that, that they've done everything legally and above board. But the, okay. the notice is appalling. <laughs> Yes, that's a, that's a, it's great. And you, as regards Elon Musk, like, would you want to work for a man like that who's only lining his own pockets to go to space where he's hopefully going to go himself and maybe he might just take a one-way ticket <laughs> and we'd be all very happy. I'd see, I'd wave him off if I'm telling you Come here to but, me, Kate. Yeah. The marina market you also wanted to talk. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That is so fantastic. Isn't it? And I met a big gang of women from Tipperary and they were told to get the number two bus, but the number two bus took them down to the end of Ballon Temple and they were way out of their way. Oh, they had a long walk back, but they didn't care. They had a great day and they'd been told when they came to Cork to make sure that they said Cork was a very easy place to walk around and to make sure to go to the marina market and they went down for lunch and they had a ball. So everybody knows about it and maybe it's not perfect looking. Who cares? It's just gorgeous and it's great fun and families go there and then they go for a walk or take the scooters down the marina. I see it all the time and it's a super place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It may not be posh but it's super. Yeah, we, we've been on to the owners of the market and they just thanked us for getting in touch. Fergal oh, was on to yeah. them there. No comment at the moment. It's all I sorted know. on our end and has been blown a bit out of proportion. In the examiner this morning, I, I read it on the bus coming in, right. there, there is a reassurance that the future of the market is not in doubt, oh, which is good. good. Oh, that's which brilliant, because it's good. great for the area. Ah, it? listen, it's the best thing happened to Cork in a long is, yeah. time. It, it really is the best thing to happen to Cork in a long time. Take care, and I hope those time. lads in the butcher's block get, get some jobs, you know. It's a busy time. Yeah, well, I, I, there's a few of them might get sorted very, very quickly. And the marina market are doing a fantastic job. Lovely people running it. Fabulous service. I, I see that. Thank you, Kate. I see there's a big night, for example, Friday night for the toy show. Uh, the toy show's on this Friday night and they're going to show it and they'll have the best sound in the business because Ian Richard does the sound down there, as far as I know. And a few of the restaurants will be open and a family. What a night. What a, the marina market's one of the best things to happen in Cork in, in a long, long time. But they are saying that it's been a little bit blown out of proportion and everything is sorted therein and there's a report in the examiner which I'll try to find this morning to say look there is no danger to the market there's no there was this fear factor going around at the weekend that the market might have to close that does not seem to be the case at all so we had a message from the market or from the owners this morning or the operators this morning uh, to that end I asked you about your thoughts on traffic and all that what happened at Dunkettle over the weekend with new roads in and new roads out and new roads wherever. 
Uh, we're working up to a deep analysis of the traffic system, which we'll be doing in the next week to 10 days as to how traffic into and out of the city has changed, the pinch points that were, the pinch points that are, whether what's happening is going to solve anything. And I know we're going to be offering the powers that be an opportunity to come and look with, uh, with a man that knows more about Cork traffic and its movements than most, I would hasten to suggest. But we've had a message in from Tom. <laughs> Tom listens in the morning in his truck. I've just been to the tunnel two ways and it's the worst I've ever seen. It's horrendous. People are just sitting there. What have they done? Because the last eight days it's been fantastic. Now it's gone back to, it's gone back a hundred years. People just sitting there queuing up. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. There's me on in the background. Listen to us in the truck. Thanks, Tom. Hasn't been great at the tunnel this morning. So we're told. We're Kim. And I'm Courtney. As chief influencers of the city of Cork. With loads of followers. It is our job to tell you that you are all invited to the Royal Cork Ball at the Everyman. Hold on. Everyone is invited. Does that mean Cinderella is going? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. Cork's 96FM presents Cinderella from December 3rd. The ultimate panto experience with sensational singing, dancing and non-stop laughter. See everymancork.com. Book your tickets now for Cinderella. The Everyman Panto. It's for everyone. With Cork's 96FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Right, um, traffic is just bonkers absolutely stark raving bonkers crawling down the Lord Landmire Road towards Dunkettle Landmire all that general area yep you see they opened all these new roads at the weekend and wondered how it would fly and it seems to be flying slower than before there was Thomas's message before 10 and he's a trucker and uses the tunnel every day and he said just as it was starting to get better (laughs) it got worse which is a great start to the week we also heard from Marion just with regard to the new layout the Jack Lynch tunnel it was chronic this morning motorists are not aware of the correct lanes by Mahan Point some of my colleagues were queuing at half seven it'll probably take a few days to settle down PJ, I made an attempt to get to work at Little Island. I left in plenty of time. I was unsuccessful. I came back home. I'll try again at 10 o'clock. It's lucky I have an understanding boss. My problem, though, is only small compared to those who've lost their jobs at the butcher's block. I'll let you know how traffic is flowing next week. Hopefully, it will have settled down. So carnage, chaos on the roads this morning, so we're being told. There's also flooding in Clareau. If you're out in that general direction, that general part of the world. On Butcher's Block, um, I'm going mad over the staff in Butcher's Block. They were all so lovely and so helpful. I was heading down there this morning to get the meat for the week. 
I never knew it until he announced with the hope they'll all be okay. Then do people not cook dinners in Cork? Hardly any butchers here. One in Cove, closed. Is no one cooking? In Kerry, there are three butchers alone in the little place called Castle Island. What's going on in Cork? But they can't keep a local butcher's going. Uh, and Selena. Hi, PJ, listening to your show. I know it mightn't be much help, but I saw an advert in Mallow that Sheehan Butchers are hiring in November. Please get in touch with them. There might be jobs there for experienced people. Good luck to all those who've lost their jobs so suddenly. I really hope they'll get their entitlements and new jobs before Christmas. That's from Selena. And just letting you know, there's Christmas work in the chocolate factory in Carrigaline at the moment. For anyone lost who lost their job in the butchers, thanks for that. And and as I just tuned in, so wrong and so sad. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. As I said, we have through the uh, office in Tallow or through the outlet in Tallow, which is still open. Tallow and we believe Sandy Mountain Dublin still open. Uh, we have requested management a statement or better still an opportunity to talk to a member of management and ask them to explain themselves. 0818 96 96 96. There's some news coming in from the World Cup. You'd have been reading this over the weekend, I assume, if you're following it. Uh, England and Wales were going to wear uh, LGBT armbands, rainbow armbands, one love armbands, playing their first matches today. Then some genius in FIFA came up with the notion that to do that, would invite a yellow card. Now, it's got nothing to do with the rules of the football match, but it would appear that if you're going to wear a a rainbow armband in support of LGBT rights, which of course don't exist in Qatar, um, you'd get a yellow card for something that's got nothing to do with football. This World Cup is a flaming joke. The stadium's only half full last night, wasn't it, for the opening game? But what happened to poor old George Hamilton? Anyway, England and Wales have said now they will not wear those armbands. Well, you could hardly imagine that they'll run the risk of yellow cards. Because two yellow cards and you miss a match. It's all happening. 0818 96 96 96. Time now for government to treat these workers like they do refugees and pay them and sort out their welfare and their medical cards straight away. That is from Jackie. Just come back to the marina market for a second. Uh, yeah, they they have a big night Friday. This was in Corpio over the weekend. The car, the toy show, which of course is the official launch of Christmas. There's a pop-up cinema club in the market and a big screen and couches will be brought in for people to just lounge in and join enjoy the show. Anyone buying a ticket, they get a welcome drink, hot chocolate. And then they can settle in for the show. And then there's a new wine bar down there, which I hadn't I haven't sampled yet, called Charcou. They'll have a couch service, if you don't mind. A couch, you don't get that in your own house. I have to go to the kitchen and get my own wine <laughs> while watching the show. Um, and there's a lot of Christmas movies in the market in December as well. They're just advising people, please bring something warm to cover yourself with or to wear because it is a warehouse after all and it is November after all and there is an article in the examiner this morning saying that there is no actual risk to the future of the market as we presently know it 
which is great to see. All right. 0818969696. Cyber Monday is next Monday and Black Friday is this Friday. Although to listen to the ads and read the papers and watch the telly, you'd think that Black Friday runs for the whole of November, which kind of does nowadays. And people are saying two things. One, make sure if you're going to buy a Black Friday bargain or go for a Black Friday bargain, try to do it with an Irish company, which is good advice. And also watch out for scammers because the scammers will have a field day, particularly on Cyber Monday, which is, you know, online. People will just get out to scam anyone they can scam if you quit out of. So be very, very careful of that. But April got in touch with us about her own experience. You, you, you caught out a scammer, April. You, you, you caught one out didn't you? And, but, but you played along. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, so basically, PJ, I was selling a toy um, for, for the kids, really. They wanted to do some savings, so they decided on a toy that they wanted to sell. I put it up on Facebook, and um, I received a message from a girl saying, um, is it still available? So I said, it is, um, you know, it was genuine enough um, message. So I said, it is. And um, shortly after, she texts back saying, um, I-, I would like to buy it. Right. So I said, yeah, fine, fair enough, all genuine. Wasn't until the next message when I realised, here we go, this is a scam. So it was a toy camper van, wasn't it? Something like that. It was a toy camper van. Yeah, that's what it was. And she said... I will take it tomorrow, but I'm very busy at work. So I will send a GLS agent to your home to give you money in an envelope, cash, and he will take the item. It's a courier company, isn't it? Yes, I think it is, yeah. So um, straight off then I said, here we go, this is a scam. But I, you know, I said, I'm going to play her now at her own game, going to have some fun with this. And it all started from there. Right. Got through the various stages of it. I had them in front of me, but for people who can't see the screenshots. Yeah, so basically then she said um, to send me on my name and address, which I did. But the the, the address I put down was um, Cork City Garda Station, Anglesey Street. <laughs> so then she wanted an email. I put down something like Anglesey Street uh, District Guard Station or something like that. So she wasn't twigging to to those responses. She went on on again then and she said, you will have to pay some insurance initially at the door to this agent. But don't worry about that because I'll reimburse you all that. So this agent or courier or whatever was going to come to your door with an envelope for you to buy this toy, but you also had to hand them more money for insurance, correct? Had to hand over, um, I think it was um, €113 extra (laughs) for insurance costs. For a €40 deal? For a €40 deal. So I went along with all this. <clears throat> so initially, like that would have given a total of 153 euro. Yes. So I text back, no problem. What I'll do is to make things easier, I will pay 160 euro and you keep the change. Right. 
you know. So um, she sent me on then. Uh, well, hold on now. She was supposed to be buying from you. So she had to give you 40 quid. But yes, she wanted yeah. another <laughs> 113 euro to give you 40 euro. Exactly. The, the man would come to my door with the envelope. Right. I would give him then in return the item, but I would have to pay 113 extra for insurance. Right. Um, but she would reimburse me and all this yada yada. You asked, where do you live? I can drop it to your house. Yeah, I was trying to wind her up then saying, sure, look, I can drop it to your house. Where do you live? Yeah. You know, ne- never mind the agent guy. And... Um, she wouldn't answer me at first, so I said, answer my question, where do you live? What's your postcode? Which she did send on an address um, in Tipperary with a, with a postcode. Now, I didn't look into that postcode. Yes. yes. So I, like, I knew then as well by her, she was broken English. We'll read through some of it. So she said, all she really wanted was to get you to give money to this guy who would come to the door. Yeah. She did, yeah, she did want me to pay an extra cost that she would later reimburse me. Yeah, that was the catch. That was the catch. You made every effort then to say, look, I'll drop it to you, I will get it to your house. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted, you know, to play her her own game, maybe have a bit of fun with it. And I, I was quite angry. I was saying, oh, my God, the cheek of this person, she's trying to scam me. Yeah. And thinking of maybe somebody who would be more vulnerable as well. I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew straight off that this was a scam. When you eventually managed to get an address out of her. Yeah, I'll come to your house, I told her. As I say, now, just having a bit of fun with it and, you know... Try and scam the scammer. <laughs> and she then sent you a payment link. Yes, the link, yeah. That's another one that you would think, oh, here's the link now, here we go. Yeah. Um, sure, like You know yourself, PJ, they're up to everything at the moment, the scammers. Yeah. Everything can look so legit. You just have to be so vigilant, really, you know? So careful. You finished off by saying, I'm a policewoman. I didn't want to say Garda because she may have not got the word Garda. Yes. Because she did, she didn't seem to be Irish. So I finished off by saying, I am a policewoman. And you said, if I find you, I will arrest you for misleading information and scam intent. Do you really think you can get away with this bullshit? Let's read it out as it was. This bullshit. Yeah. Shame on you. And I know she didn't reply. She did reply afterwards. It's not on the screenshot because it was afterwards and she just re- she just replied with a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, well, whoever, whoever else I catch today, I won't be catching you. Yeah, you know, oh, it was just funny. So I just had a bit of fun with it, like, you know. Do you know what I'm going to do while I have you there? I'm going to search that air code and let's just see what comes up, right? Yeah, I've been meaning to do it myself, but I didn't, so... It says that she's in County Tipperary, so let's put it in. Do, 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 nine. And it actually does come up as the address that she gave. Wow. You'd wonder, though, who is living in that house? Is it just poor, some misunfortunate person that she's using this? Yes. You know? 
Now that's interesting because I thought that when we searched that, we would find nothing in the air code finder. Yeah. But what she's done here is she's given you a genuine address that comes up as a genuine air code. Yeah, the genuine address, yeah. So you could have driven to someone's house and started bothering them? Exactly. Or you could have brought a toy to someone's front door that they had no idea what it was on and what you were on about. <laughs> yeah, totally. But all you got when you said, I'm a policewoman and I'll be able to arrest you, was you got the thumbs up. I got the thumbs up. <laughs> That's what I got. It just shows, though, April, we really do need to be careful, don't we? We do need to be very careful, PJ. As I said, they're into and up to everything, you know, and people can be very easily cut out. And you see, someone would have, like I just did there, searched the air code and found, oh, that's genuine. That's genuine enough, sure. Yeah, she seems, you know, she seems genuine, yeah. And there you go. Which is what they tell us all the time, the experts, that there'll be just something genuine contained within the scam, which is enough or looks genuine, which is enough to really win. Then you've parted with your money and they're gone. Yeah, very easily to happen. And the poor devil living at that address in Tipperary has no idea who you are in the sky above you. That's exactly it. April, thanks for bringing this to our attention. Appreciate it. No bother. Thanks, PJ. Cheers. Yeah. Simple thing, it was only 40 quid and she was selling a toy, but she carried on the conversation and then there was that payment link arrived. Thank you, April. They're out there and note that they used a legit address. I didn't read out the air code on the air because I don't want to interrupt anybody's day, but it was a legitimate address in County Tipperary. So whether that person knew or didn't or it was just lucky, or unlucky. Imagine arriving at their door and saying, here, here's the oak you bought off me. What? 0818 96 96 96. Speaking of toys, <laughs> all above board toys and all that, uh, we have another round of the 10k toy giveaway after 11, I think it is today. After, yes, no, it's coming up very soon actually. Oh, very soon. I'm just looking at my screen here. Very, very soon. Loads and loads of 500 euro Smith's Toys Superstores shopping vouchers to give away. You're listening across the day for your chance to qualify and then Lorraine will draw two winners every day this week. So that's after six. So your opportunity to go through to that draw coming up very, very shortly. We'll have a simple question for you. You get that right, then you're in the draw with Lorraine this evening. 0818 96 96 96. Now, some news in on Butcher's Block and the deposits and the savings schemes and all of that. Uh, Cribbon Family Butchers trading as the Butcher's Block in Kilbegan County, Westmead. That's head office for the company, uh, someone called Alana has issued a brief statement there to say, we're sorry we had to cease trading due to adverse economic conditions. Please send, as reply to this email, a picture of your stamp card so we can process your claim. Many thanks. So presumably if you were doing these savings stamps with the butcher's block, there is a way for you to get your money back, which is a good thing. But that's a statement they've issued this morning. And as we've heard... Tala and we believe Sandy Mount still trading. They have other. They, we're just through the list of where they are again. They had 
Douglas and Blackpool. They're now gone. Uh, they had, we don't know the status of Port Leash, Dungarvan, Sandymount to Talla. Well, we know that Talla is open. Sandymount, we believe, is open. Port Leash and Dungarvan, not so sure. But Douglas and Blackpool are gone. PJ by Lego and Imagine Toys in Facebook groups. That is a very common scam. So regular that most groups have a pinned warning of this type of scam. The one that April brought to our attention, thanks for that. Now, here's a weird one. Sandra, between 2 and 3 o'clock Saturday last, last week, the 12th November, on the road from Nace on the motorway, we pulled into a lay-by to get a drink, and we saw lights in the sky, a bit like stars, but not quite. A trail of maybe 20 or 30 lights in a row. They went off to the left and off to the right. So it was like it was all traced out in the shape of a Y, but at any one time, only one bit of the Y was showing. We often look at the sky and have never seen an aircraft or astronomical thing like How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Like this. With something similar happened almost a month ago on the Mitchellstown Road, a few weeks before that. At first we thought it was a shooting star. We went over the car after we drove off again. Does anybody know what this is? 
We've never had anything happen before or after this. Just two similar incidents in the month. Strange set of lights, 20 or 30 lights in a row, off to the left and off to the right, like the shape of a Y. But at any one, yeah, yeah. Anyone ever see that? Thanks, Sandra. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. Martin says, PJ, those lights were Elon Musk's Starlink satellites. I don't know, Martin, whether your tongue is very firmly in your cheek, but it sounds like it might. 0818 96 96 96. Come on, the 10K Toy Giveaway. Fill your Christmas with fun and play. On Cork's 96 FM. Got a pocket full of cash we can blow up. Okay, we had one winner on the show last week. There's still your opportunity to win through the opinion line this week. There are 10 more 500 euro Smith's Toy Superstore stores shopping sprees to give away. Two every day, drawn in the evening on the big drive home with Lorraine. And your opportunity to qualify comes here and now. Alex Jackson, good morning. Good morning, how are we? Good, very good. You have people who would happily spend 500 quid on toys. Who do you have? I've my brother, two boys, Samuel and Harry. I have a bump on the way, and my nieces, Isabel and Hazel, would also love it. And my nephew, Caden, he'd give us something as well. The voucher would dissolve on the way in the entrance, but sure, look. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to top off myself. Absolutely. All right. Well, here we got to go. All I can do is get you through to the draw. All right, Alex. Hopefully. So I'm going to give you a question. It's a. an A or B answer. If you get the answer right to the question, then you'll go through and join Lorraine on the big drive home, hopefully to win one of the 500 euro vouchers. So here's the question. In the children's TV show Snoopy, Snoopy is what kind of an animal? Is it A, a cat, or B, a dog? Is it A, a cat, or B, a dog? Oh, he's a beagle. He's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah. Nice one. All right, so that's stage one complete. Alex, you are through to the draw. Hopefully you'll bring me a bit of luck. You'd never know. You'd never know. Stay by the phone so this evening and Lorraine will be calling winners after six. And here we go. Maybe you'll be able to satisfy that big gang around you with a 500 euro toy giveaway voucher from Smith's Toys Superstores, part of our 10k toy giveaway on Cork's 96FM. Oh, someone's telling us those lights are Elon Musk satellites, that they're there for communications, and they've been there a few months now. Interesting enough. Oh, 818 96 96 96. Now, you'll remember that a couple of weeks ago I was talking to Tracy Tully. Tracy Tully is the mother of Kevin Sheehy. Kevin Sheehy was a young boxer, a very promising young boxer, who should, if all things were equal, be preparing now for the next Olympics or whatever boxing championships are coming up. But in 2019, he was murdered by a man called Logan Jackson, who drove over him in a Jeep three or four times in Limerick on July the 1st, 2019. He was convicted of murder and jailed for life. And he then applied to serve his sentence in the UK. 
and Tracy Tully, as you would imagine, objected to this. He went through the procedures to try to get transferred to the UK to serve his sentence. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, has the, the say as to whether or not he can do that. She had initially granted the transfer, but then Tracy said, no, hang on a second, that's not happening. We're not having that. So she objected, and it was going through the courts, and it was being discussed here and discussed there. It was getting very complicated and very difficult, very emotional. Imagine your son being murdered, and you're still arguing as to whether, three years later, as to whether his killer, his murderer, can be sent home to serve time in his own country where the murder happened in this country. Now, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment, but the latest is that... uh, Logan Jackson will not be transferred, not in the foreseeable future at least. He will now spend his Christmas and hopefully many subsequent Christmases in an Irish jail. That is the latest uh, as it stands now. And Tracy joins me again. Hi, Tracy. Morning. Hi, PJ. Yeah, and for the foreseeable future, anyway, that's where he'll be. He's staying put, thank God. <laughs> it's a relief now, to be honest. I think I'm still traumatised or shocked or whatever, um, because I wasn't expecting it to to go this go this way so fast. So yes. it was a long seven months now, though. In fairness, like yeah. you know, took a lot out of us. The last time we talked, you were waiting on the minister to come back to court or send her people back to court and she came back and said right we'll put a stay on it a stay on it yeah to, what I feel what's after happening now is an injustice decision put right yes there's a stay put on it which means it could happen in the future but you don't think it's likely I don't see any time in the near future anyway so I, I feel like I can relax for a bit um, but if it comes up again I'll maybe go up against a, a new Minister for Justice I'm unsure but like uh, my son's death was horrendous like this man murdered my son in cold blood you know he didn't deserve any I just I think like he, he murdered my son in this country he stayed in this country where he did the crime how much of a relief was it to hear that uh, he won't be going? It was it was it was a major relief relief for all of us, the whole family, like you know, because they were all in it with me, like you know, every step of the way. I had so much support and just everyone. You could see the relaxed look on everyone's face, you know, because we can now start, you know, grieving our son, our brother, our friend, yeah. and try and come to terms with the horrendousness of the court alone like you know how bad that was horrendous Kevin's death was horrendous everything has been just it's been soul destroying to be honest so I'm I'm hoping now that I can try and build a little bit of a life for myself Cassidy and my granddaughter and try and live a bit because I've stopped living for three and a half years like but I didn't stop fighting. <laughs> I didn't stop fighting. No, you can relax a bit now and at least celebrate Christmas as best you can. I, I That was the strange thing about yesterday. I was here and I was painting and I was looking forward to putting up the Christmas tree for the first time since I lost my son because it was his favourite time of year. And I've never looked forward to putting up the Christmas tree before my son passed away, let alone now. And I was looking forward to it, so I felt like I was like, I think he's with us. <laughs> he's with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
what's important too is that your fees, which were mounting up, I think you told me last time, yeah. they were about 80,000. 80,000, yeah. yeah They're covered now. You, you won't have to pay anything. They're covered, yeah. That's, that's a load off your mind. It is a load off my mind, to be honest. Uh, I secretly was kind of putting on a brave face, but it was getting worrying for me, you know. Um, and I don't no one has that kind of money, you know. Yeah. I was kind of just, I just said I'd, I'd keep going, going forward because I felt like I was being kind of pushed back, like, don't stop talking, stop asking questions. This decision is done, you know. Yeah. I felt like I was just another grieving mother, you know, and just no one wanted to listen. And and then, um, but I am a grieving mother. I'm also Kevin's mother, you know. And everywhere I turned, it was out of everyone's hands in such an important decision as well. Yes. You're playing with people's lives here, like, you know, and how they're going to handle it, you know, and how they're... Like, I never once had thought of what would happen... In, to me, mentally, if he did go back, you know, yeah, because it took its toll mentally and physically on me, you know. Yeah. But, um, I was just staying positive, and I, I was just, to be honest, my son inspired me. He inspired so many people, and so many young people, and he used to inspire me. So that's kind of the way I went forward, thinking of what he would want me to do. Yeah. You know, and it worked. It worked. He was, a, he was a very, very inspiring young man. Yeah. It's it's not over because there's only a stay on it, but if it if it comes to go again, you'll go again. I'll go again, yes. Yes. No one deserved to go through that straight after a trial. We waited two and a half years. If anything, the trial taught me was patience. And then I had to... to kind of zone myself back into being patient again and well, it paid off thank- thankfully like I mean we had we had very little time to get the ball rolling on this we nearly lost him like you know with the decision like he was going on the I think the 6th his kit was packed and I think I got him stopped on the 6th if he had went that day I wouldn't have had a leg to stand on I know that you wanted to mention your solicitor as well for her help. Oh, yeah, Sinead. Um, I wanted to say a big thanks to Sinead and their team. They were brilliant. Sinead Nolan. Sinead Nolan. From Mark Murphy Matthew and Griffin. Company. Yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah, they were amazing. And I had, I had so many people to thank, like, to so many people. Like, I, it was overwhelming. But two women in our community from where I was from, um, they came and they helped me a lot with the legal side of it and the, you know, um, just preparing me for the worst or giving me strength to push on and their names are um, Mary Tina Fitzpatrick. They won't like me mentioning them now, but I have to, and Bridget Dillon. They were amazing help. Well, it's good to talk to you, Tracy. I'm glad the news is and good you for you. Might have a nice, peaceful Christmas now, please, God, with you. Take care of yourself. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Cheers, Tracy. Thanks, that's Tracy Tully. The relief of that. Yes, it's only a stay. Yes, this minister or a future minister, because there'll probably be a new minister after Christmas. Uh, Possibly, we don't know. A future minister could come back and revisit this, but for now, Logan Jackson will stay where he deserves to be, rotting in an Irish prison. Thanks for that. 0818969696. A reminder to you that thousands of you will be getting together again this year to help us and help Cork Simon uh, to fight homelessness 
this Christmas, having a Christmas jumper day to raise vital funds. You can do it anytime. You can even do it online. Do you remember all that during COVID? We did everything online. We had our Christmas jumper day online. If you still feel like doing that, you can. You can do it at work or at school or wherever you want. Because no one wants a child growing up homeless on Christmas Day. And if you have your Christmas jumper day, you can help uh, to support Cork Simon's work to avoid that. It's more than a gift. It's more than a Christmas present. So you can get a fundraising pack at corksimon.ie and then join Cork's 96FM in helping fight homelessness in Cork. Now, those lights that were on the motorway are visible from the motorway and someone sent in a message said they're actually Elon Musk's satellites and I wonder are you are, are you taking the mickey Martin you're not they genuinely are good morning good morning PJ nice talking to you and you sir what's the story well Elon has this aim of uh, bringing Wi-Fi to the, the masses as such in areas where you know um, the terrestrial links aren't working and he's been launching hundreds of these things well, for, I think, a year or two now. And uh, you can see them quite, quite, they're quite common in the sky now at this stage. Right. Uh, if you're looking out for them, like if you know they are. Like I'm on uh, a few um, astronomy Facebook pages. Okay. And um, they're always talking about them. There's all people, you know, posting, saw these strange lights in the sky. And they're always coming back with Elon, Elon's answer. Because I haven't seen them, to be honest, though I look up at the skies over my place and all I can see is the same stars and same constellations yeah. that were there last night and the moon moves, admittedly, but I can't see any weird-looking lights. So are they in particular places? Uh, they, they, they fly uh, generally, I think, from east to west. I see. Oh, sorry, sorry, the other way around, west to east. Um, sort of, they, people mistake them for the International Space Station which is quite visible in the night sky as well when it passes over. I see. So um, they're, they're generally in lines or in groups of lines, in straight lines. I see. And the way the system works, as far as I'm aware, is that you subscribe to the service provider, which in this case with Elon Musk at the head of it somewhere. Right. And you have a, a, a land-based receiver and the satellites will blanket uh, the sky and no matter where you are, you will pick up Wi-Fi. I think that's that's what his aim is. I see. I hope he does it better than what he's doing with Twitter. <laughs> I imagine he will. I, I, one, one would think that satellites are not visible with the naked eye most of the time, but these are. Most satellites are visible to the naked eye, depending on the um, where the sun is. If the sun's just gone below the horizon, right. um, you're going to get the reflection of the sun off the satellite okay. and that's how sometimes you see them and other times you don't and what size are these things I mean are they the size of a washing machine or what are they I think they're maybe a little bit smaller than that they're not huge right but they do they, they, they are reflective um, they um, they send them up in batches like they every time they launch a, um, a what do they call them a rocket you know they'd have maybe 20, 30 or 100 or whatever right in them like then just off they go. So they're, they're, they're basically what, what Sandra saw was flying Wi-Fi routers. Yeah, in the shape of a Y. <laughs> That's gas. <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. Hey, 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 we just said Wi-Fi. Yeah. Flying That's Wi-Fi. So flying Wi-Fi. Crikey. And, and I just, and I thought, so I, I thought when I saw the comment coming in, someone was winding us up. 
I got that impression as well from you. Genuinely yeah. are flying Wi-Fi yeah. routers from Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mark. There you go. That's something else to look for in the night sky. <laughs> it just, ain't it just. Martin, thanks. 0818969696. They are flying Wi-Fi routers and they are up there and there's hundreds of them. Elon Musk, little satellites, smaller than a washing machine. And they pick up the light, and you can see them in lines. That's what they are. Wi-Fi. Thanks, Martin. Genuinely. I th- I honestly thought he was ripping the you-know-what out of him. No, they're genuine. 0818969696. Now, up in the sky, they're working fine. But down closer to the roundabout. And I know these lights, as it turns out, Michael. And I did note when I was driving there recently that they're not working. They're still not working. Morning. Morning. Uh, yeah, PJ basically they're out for over a month. And right, tell me where, tell people where they are. You've sent us pictures, but just tell they're us just where out, they are. Sorry. They're just outside the airport entrance. And there's a set actually inside the airport entrance that are connected up to the same ones outside. And the two of them are out. When one goes, the other goes, you know. Right. So you have no hope of crossing the road. But uh, as I said, there's Russian roulette. Basically because the cars come flying out of the airport or in from Kintail. And they see no cars on the roundabout, So they just boot it. So right. even when the lights are working, like you press the green man and uh, you'd have to jump up onto the footpath sometimes because the speed of the cars are going, but you have no hope. Yeah. You know, when the lights are out, and as I said, they're, they're there for years. They've been fixed constantly over the years and out again. Like and as, You know, if it was in town around the city there, like to be fixed long ago, basically, because there's only a few houses above in yeah. Farmers Trust. Well, not a few, like, but you know yourself compared to the city itself. Now, now you've That's cause it. to be worried here because your daughters use this crossing every day. My daughter and those kids, and you can see them at the school sex crossing back and forth. And, you know, people that are working in the business park, sometimes they cross over from there as well to get the bus, you know, because the bus stops inside the airport entrance half the time. It's, uh, it's full before it gets to it, you know. That's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's lethal because where it's situated, like, at the time when they were putting in, I said to the girl, uh, one of the engineers, I said, you need to move it down a bit further because, you know, it's nearly in half of the roundabout and, as I said, the speed of cars come around. Like, the 60k is the 60 kilometer an hour sign. That's a joke anyway because, like, no, no one obeys it, like, you know. Yeah, I'd say the only time that you really slow down on that roundabout is if you're actually going into the airport. That's it. That's it. And even then, like, you see him in the... Then early up in two wheels going around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one, all right. But it is. I I had said no. It's a while since I was in the airport. Um, yeah. so, but but or anywhere near that road. But the last time I was up there, I noted that they weren't working for the simple reason is I was actually going into the airport. Uh, I was going up to the hotel, and I yeah. was going into the airport, and there was a chap trying to cross at the pedestrian crossing, and I. I was going about my day. I slowed down to let him go because yeah. he was a bit of shopping or whatever it was. I let him off. But I noticed the lights were... Now, that's, that's a couple of months ago. Yeah, like, the, I rang... I don't know how to ring the city council. And in fairness, like, normally someone comes out and fixes them. But, like, they're gone in two or three days again, like, you know. But now I rang them just over a month ago and uh, there's no sign of them being fixed. And as I said, it's the two sets. One's bad enough, but, like, inside the airport entrance then, like, they're, they're all coming out of the business park in the evening as you're crossing over. Like you have, you have no hope. Some people kind of know to slow down and stop, like, but other people just whiz through, like, you know. So if one goes, the other goes. Yeah, the two sites. Yeah, one inside the gate and one outside the gate. I'm showing my age there the gate. Uh, the entrance and uh, one inside the entrance and one outside the entrance, you know. But I was wondering maybe you might have a bit of luck. I was trying to get someone to come out and have a look because 
It is city airport. Is airport? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know the airport. I know the airport is technically in Ballyfehan. You it did is, know yeah. that, didn't you? Oh, I did. Yeah, the airport, in the Paris, yeah. yeah, the airport is technically in Ballyfehan, but but I know I, before anyone rings up and say what he's off. No, it is the airport is in Ballyfehan. Yeah, it's in the Paris of Ballyfehan. Yeah. So that would make it. That would make it city. Oh yeah, the city yeah, goes out as far as nearly uh, Bones Pass now, the, the city right. boundaries, you know. Right, right. So pedestrian lights at the gate of the airport or the door of the entrance to the airport still out and out more often than they're working. Thanks for that, Michael. And they're dangerous. I remember going up there one afternoon. I was going up to the airport, one of the, hotel, one of the hotels, and it was no hurry at all. And this chap was trying to cross with a bit of what looked like shopping or whatever you'd have, you know, yourself. And I left him go waved him across but the lights were out and it seems to be that it's not a one-off either thank you Michael 0818 96 96 96 where am I going oh yeah <laughs> yeah that is Starlink Starlink but check out the setup and subscription costs they literally are out of this world 0818 96 96 96 So the question we've thrown out there, the partner, whoever's in your life at the moment, what could you rent them out for? Someone said, I'd send my wife around to other people's houses to whip their husbands oh. into shape. Yeah, all right. <laughs> She's a personal trainer and never shuts up. <laughs> Morning. That's why Mrs. would make an absolute fortune as an archaeologist. She's so good at digging up the past. <laughs> And Ross in the morning. Get into gear for 2023 with No DC Cars Blackpool, Skoda's sales dealer of the year. Open 24 7 at NoDC.com. Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Just in case you're counting these things, there are 25 opinion lines left to Christmas. I know, I know, I know. 25 left to Christmas. Five weeks today, lads, is St. Stephen's' day. So it is. 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96, and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Just coming back to what was our lead story this morning, that being Butcher's Block. There has been a statement issued. If you were paying into this saving stamps scheme, they're setting up a way for you to get your money back. So I would say check their website. But Cribbon Family Butchers, who own the Butcher's Block and trade as the Butcher's Block, they issued a statement this morning saying, we're sorry we had to cease trading due to adverse economic conditions. Uh, please send a picture of your stamp card so we can process your claim. So presumably they're going to give you back your money or, or whatever. Not sure about people who paid deposits for turkeys or hams for the Christmas, how they're going to sort that one out. But anyway, we asked through uh, one of the branches that we know of, which is still open, that's the Teller branch in Dublin. We contacted them this morning and they have no comment to make, which is fine. But we've asked through them 
for a statement from the company or indeed, uh, much preferably, somebody from the company to have an adult conversation with me here about why you do this to people with one hour's notice on a Saturday morning. I'd love to talk to any, anyone, anyone of the company who's willing to answer me that simple question. Why would you do that to people five weeks before Christmas? Tell them one hour before their shift, don't bother coming into work. Why would you do that to people in 2022? Why, why Why? would you do that? We'll get to it. If we get a statement or a spokesperson from the company. 0818 96 96 96. Now, people are starting to put up the Christmas lights. And we were contacted by Mary. Uh, and she's right here. She says, we all OD'd on Christmas lights, buying up Christmas lights over the lockdown. Because sure all the nice light cheered us up. Now... There's an energy crisis, and we don't know what to do with them. Do we leave them in the attic, or do we put them up? What's the best way? Can we get timers? Uh, are there particularly lights dearer to run or cheaper to run? Uh, are there efficient lights? Whatever. Is there anything new or interesting in the lines of, of Christmas lights? So I can have answered this on air to Mary last week, but let's talk to someone who knows a heck of a lot more of it about it than I do. Um, and that would be Ken O'Connell, uh, who's an electrician. Ken, good morning. How are you, PJ? Morning. Good. good. Now, the, what I said to Mary last year, well, or last week, was, first of all, on the subject of timers. Timers are easy to lay your hands on. There's plenty of them. There are. There are loads of different kind of timers around that you can get, PJ. Um, you can get plug-in ones where you plug your Christmas lights directly into the timer and it will come on at whatever times you set them on and off at. You know, they're, they're very easy to use, yeah. Um at least you know they're going off, coming on and off at certain times of the day. The only thing I suppose about timers just to be wary of is just that if you're out and you're out for the day or you're out for the evening, just remember that those lights will still be coming on yes. even if you're not at home. So just to be just to be mindful of that as well, you know, to be careful yeah. of that. Yes. But, you know, the advice would always be, PJ, not to leave Christmas lights or anything like that on when you're out of the house, you know, yeah. just switch them off when you're out of the house, switch I, them off when you're going to bed, do you know? I invested in something last year, Ken, and to the best 20 yard. 30 quid I spent and that was I bought some remote controls so that you can right. literally stand in the kitchen and switch everything off with one button and you just that, that means everything goes on and off at the same time but those those yeah. those timers are a good option now LED lights versus old fashioned lights I read at the weekend I don't know how true this is Ken but maybe you can tell me that to run your average yeah. Christmas tree for a yeah. full day on LED yeah. if they're the LED yeah. lights that that costs less than boiling the kettle is that true? Oh, it would be, PJ, like an LED, like if you think of your old 100-watt bulb, say, that you would have had in your front room, like to run that for, for an hour in today's money, you know, would cost you about five cents per hour, right? Whereas a 10-watt LED version of that would cost you, I just did the maths earlier, like 0.005 of a cent really? per hour, you know, so it's it's a huge saving, like, yeah, you know, it's um the LEDs are they're just way more energy efficient, they don't burn as hot, they're a lot cooler to run, um, and they don't cost as much. No, they don't cost as much. Like yeah. th- that, that's just kind of a simple example. An old hundred watt bulb would be about five cent per hour. Yeah, a ten watt LED version would be point zero five cent per hour. You know, uh, uh, and the you days know? of having, the days of having sort of twenty or thirty lights on a string is gone now. You have seven and eight hundred LEDs on a Christmas tree string, and, and they're really cheap to run. 
they're really cheap to run. Like, there's one, like, I have a huge one now at home, PGN. It's, I don't know, it's about 15 or 20 metres. But I think it's nearly 500 watt, I think it is. But that works out at around 25 cent an hour. So, look, I know over time it all adds up, but it's not it's not massive money. Like, geez, like, times are tough enough as it is. Turn on the Christmas lights, you know. Leave yeah. the Christmas lights on. Just turn them off when you're going to bed and turn them off when you're leaving the house. There, there, you, know? you, there you go. Now, yeah. safety. Uh, at at all times, can you you said turning them off when you go to bed, turning them off when you're going out. Yeah. Other other safety tips that people might have. Just just simple simple stuff, PJ. When you take when you do take them down from the attic or take them out of the box since last year, just check to to make sure that there's no, none of the cables are frayed or any that are clearly damaged. And if they are, PJ, don't try to repair them. Just my advice would be throw them out and buy a new set. Yeah. Don't try to repair them yourself. Any if they're if they are the older type where you can replace the bulbs. Just make sure that you're replacing the bulb with the, the same type of and um, the same type of bulb and the same wattage. Just make sure of that. Mm. Um, other things PJ I see is you know extension leads plugged into extension leads plugged into yeah. extension leads. Yeah, yeah, Try yeah. not to do that. Try not to double up an extension leads. Um, and the longer extension leads PJ, you know, like the ten and fifteen meter ones that you'd have on a on a roll. Yes. Just make sure if you're using those that you fully fully unroll it, yeah, because it, the the heat will build up in that. Yeah, so explain just, that, Ken, with a more qualified eye than I would. When you keep it rolled up, there's it a, just the, generates it generates PJ. heat in the roll. Yeah. In the roll, yeah, the cable will become warm and it it just becomes a fire hazard. So just always roll it out fully, you know. Yeah. Um. That that's it, and just make sure your fuse is in your plugs that they're all the right. Whatever it says on the box, make sure that if you're replacing a fuse. Replacing with the right size fuse. Yeah. Um. Outdoor lights would be another one, PJ. Sometimes you'd see people putting putting lights that are designed for indoors. Outdoors, just make sure if you're putting lights outside your house that they're they're suitably rated for outdoor. Yes. Um. Outdoor um locations, and the other one would be the LED, like we spoke about already. LED are a lot better than the old type filament bulbs. You know, a lot um a lot better. One other thing, PJ, is just when you're buying your lights. You'll see on your box's lights, you'll see a thing called a CE mark. Yes. Just make sure that it has the CE mark. And that basically just, it's it shows to you that the lights that you're buying meet European safety standards, you know. Yeah. That'll be another big one. What's and the marking for people? Because I like to put some lights outdoor in the garden and stuff. What, what's the marking? Is there a marking on the box that yeah, indicates it will, it it will it's a safer outdoor? Yeah, it'll say something like that, safe for outdoor, outdoor type lights. It might say a bit more technical, it might say IP65 or IP66. That's just a rating, but it will say on the box whether they're outdoor rated or not, and if they are. And and you know the out, then, if you have the the lights, say, on the hedge or on the little trees in the back, running the transformer into the shed where it's nice and dry, is that safe? Yeah, keep them, try not to leave those things outside if you can. Um, Try to have them plugged in either in the house, yeah, or in the shed. Or else you can get waterproof boxes. You see them there in, in some yeah, of the holes. They're very good. I bought one during the summer. They're very, very good. They're very good, and and, and they work for for that kind of thing. You know, for for Christmas lights and things like that. They're very good. Yeah, they're I, very I good. have a bunch. And I have another, a bunch of garden lights wired to one of those yeah. boxes, and they've already been. Th- no, for the winter, I wrap it in a black yeah. plastic bag to double insulate it. But they've come through the storms so far. They're yeah, yeah, there's very good seal. There's very good very seals good. in them. Yeah. Very, 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 good, very, very good. Another thing, PJ, kind of off topic, and it's safety thing with the lights and stuff. It's just ladders. Be careful on ladders. I oh, see yeah. people. I've seen people in awful situations know, yeah. of putting up lights high in their house on extension yeah. ladders. Just be careful. Yeah, Have no. someone footing it. Just be careful, especially people you're not used to going up the ladders. There They're is so dangerous, no you know? need to get that Santa up into the apex of the house like there isn't. <laughs> Do you know the reason? <laughs> One last one that comes to mind. You said yeah. the extension boxes, right? And you, like, yeah. yeah. 
You know, you'd have an extension box with four or five sockets in it and the little transformers. Now, they get yeah. warm. Is that they okay? They get, they, yeah, look, it's okay. They're designed, they'll run, they will run kind of warm. They're called LED drivers. They drive the, the lights. They do get warm. Um, like, you just be careful with them. If they're in those external boxes, they're fine in there. Um, just, yeah, just be careful and keep an eye on all these things, PJ. Right. Just the only, the main advice I'd give is just, Turn on your Christmas lights, enjoy Christmas, but just make sure when you're going to bed or you're leaving the house, turn just to turn them off, all just right. to be careful of them, you know? All right, That's Ken. All. And Thanks. check your smoke alarms. Yeah, check your yes. smoke alarms, please. Yes, batteries, <laughs> make sure there's fresh batteries in them all. Thanks, Ken. Ken O'Connell, uh, electrician. So the one thing about the LED lights, they are cheap as chips to use. Cheap as chips to use your LED lights. So getting back to the original query from Mary, if you have LED lights... It'll be written on the box that they're LED and they're the ones that the ones that four or five hundred and they're all they're cheapest chips to run. So run them and enjoy them. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The Cork Diary. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organization, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie. No one wants their child to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. On Cork's 96FM. Coming back to Butcher's Block, and as I say, we have asked through the Tala branch, which is still trading, uh, could we have a statement from management? Or better still, they've, asked, they've said they'll pass this message on for us. Better still, could we maybe talk to someone, a member of management or one of the owners? Because one of the things I want to ask them is, and I'm sorry, I want to ask them straight out. In fact, I demand to know, in what world... In what mindset is it okay to call someone five weeks before Christmas at seven in the morning and say, you were supposed to start work at eight? Actually, don't bother. Your job is gone. In what world, in what mindset is that okay? There's other questions too, isn't there, Kevin? Morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, listen, I was listening to bo- to the show all morning and I... I've had it happen to me once where I was made redundant and luckily for me I was in a trade union at the time and because of that the company that I was working for had to follow the law when I was living in the UK at the time we were had we had to get statutory notice yeah. of the redundancy we had to get our proper redundancy pay and basically they fought, the trade union that I was in was a GMB and they fought for what we were entitled to and we got what we were entitled to and this, along with everything that's going on with the social media companies in Dublin over, and in Cork as well, over the last month or so, the upheaval that you're seeing in the tech industry highlights the fragility that's in the employee market at the minute. And unless you've got someone to advocate for you or you're well-versed in your, what your workers' rights are, then this thing will happen to more and more people. And unfortunately, I mean, the fact that the company is still trading in Dublin and they've decided to treat staff based all over the country like this with a text is about is a it's abysmal. There are other words I could use, but it's you know breakfast time radio, but it's shambolic. And you wouldn't like it if that happened to your son or your daughter no. in their workplace. You'd be fuming. You'd hit the roof. Let alone that the fact that they took money off people for deposits 
for God knows how long. Well, we know that now because we one of one of our correspondents this morning, whose mum is still working there, said her mum was taking money for deposit. Now they have set up some system uh, where people can get their savings scheme money back. We don't quite know where deposits are gone. But if and you 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 know this, Kevin, I have their statement in front of us here, uh, which Podge, one of the workers, was um, was was good enough to send us last night, and it says they'll arrange for the appointment of a liquidator in the next few weeks, which means with a liqu- if there's a liquidator on the ground, no one gets a cent before the bank the taxman's paid. There's going to be an awful lot of people before it comes down to little Joe Soap who was cutting meat behind the counter before to get paid before you get your your uh, your pound of flesh if that's, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it's a disgrace, but if you're talking to staff in Tala and the company are talking about appointing liquidators, then they're going to be going. And the fact, this doesn't, they don't decide this on Friday afternoon. Uh, it's five Unless o'clock. the company is divided into different branches, which it could be, we don't know that. But we don't right. know that. But nobody decides to do this on a whim, and we better text the staff tomorrow morning. This is this something to do. This is planned out well in advance, and the fact that the the people who basically built their business are the staff. And it's always the case in any of these businesses; they're the last to know, and they're the ones who are going to get shafted the most. Because I, I guarantee you that none of them are in a trade union. And they're scrambling now because they don't know which way to turn. And unless you have access to legal recourse, which most of them don't because they're living week to week like most people, yeah. you know, their only source is to hope that they can go to the local social welfare office. And having dealt with my local social welfare office in the market, the staff are fantastic. Yes. They will go above and beyond to help you. But at the same time, it shouldn't be down to them. It's no. totally wrong. Plus, and it'll also take time. It'll take yeah. time, a lot of time. And look, there's, you have TDs officers listening to this where these shops are in their constituency. These are their, their people that they're supposed to be looking after. They need to be picking up the phone to you and say, we're going to chase this up on your behalf and get you the answers. If they won't talk to you, they'll talk to us. Because I just, I, I just, I just want trying. to know, Kevin, and look, I'm probably, I'm, I'm in a long time around the block now, not even the butcher's block. I'm a long time around the block and I've seen a lot of companies go to the wall and I've seen a lot of people locked out of their work. I spent the six months following Vita Cortex people 11 years ago and I saw what they went through. The idea that you would just send out a text in the middle of the night and have someone call you at seven in the morning, you're supposed to start work at eight. Like, in what mindset is that okay? They did the exact same thing with Twitter, with Musk, with his email, you know? And then, if they're doing it at the top of industry, did you guarantee that the guy with 10, 15 shops, with five shops, with one shop, is thinking of doing exactly the same thing because he gets away with it? And because they're allowed to get away with it, I mean, basically, this one with Twitter, all he wanted to do was click yes to agree to sign away your workers' rights, which is basically your uh, 48-hour working week. Sign that away, and we'll flog you like a, like a horse. It's totally wrong. And because we're heading into really tough times now, nobody wants to be the one to stand up and complain because you're terrified of losing your job. Yeah. And this is the scary thing that people who are working especially in low wages, they, they put up with so much. They put up with so much crap because they're terrified of the alternative. And they know that down the road, in the next three months, in the next six months, those jobs that were going 
that you can pick up ten a penny now aren't going to be there in January, February, March. No, so people are people are very nervous about complaining. Yeah, particularly in the world of retail. I know that there's a lot of worry about retail in the spring of 2023. Kevin, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Oh look, we have asked for a spokesperson from the butcher's block management. Whether we'll get one or not is, I guess, anybody's guess. 0818969696. Before I move on, I just want to mention some news that we got at the weekend. Um, the passing of a man who had a lot of friends in this building. Um, a veteran journalist. He worked for 40 years for The Examiner. And he wasn't just a GAA writer. Michael Ellard could write about anything. If you asked Michael Ellard to write 500 words about two flies going up a wall or a row in a pub or a concert Michael Leonard would produce not just 500 words, he would produce brilliant, beautifully written prose. That was his genius but many of us knew Els as a friend and in the great times of that friendship I travelled with him, I worked with him as I said at the weekend, I laughed with him until I cried. And I drank with him until I fell down. And so did many people in this building. He truly was one of the great characters of Cork journalism. And he passed away at the weekend at the age of 76. And he will be Mr. Last Soils. I last saw him at a, a media event that we have every Christmas at uh, the brewery. We had a, a point together just before COVID started, the end of 2019. That was the last point we had together. And I found that picture at the weekend. What a lovely, lovely man. And, and so sorry to hear of his passing at the weekend. The late, great and much lamented Michael Ellard. We're Kim. And I'm Courtney. As chief influencers of the city of Cork. With loads of followers. It is our job to tell you that you are all invited to the Royal Cork Ball at the Everyman. Hold on. Everyone is invited. Does that mean Cinderella is going? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. Cork's 96FM presents Cinderella from December 3rd. The ultimate panto experience with sensational singing, dancing and non-stop laughter. See everymancork.com. Book your tickets now for Cinderella. The Everyman Panto. It's for everyone. With Cork's 96FM. PJ Coogan on the opinion line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Corks 96 FM. So anyone who knows me knows I'm a sucker for an adoption and reunion story. And I've heard so many of them that none of them surprise me now. And I've heard so many stories about people meeting each other in strange circumstances. Like, for example, the man who painted and decorated his own mother's house and had absolutely no idea who he was working with. So... Nothing surprises me. This was a chance encounter in a nightclub. Jerry, yourself, Jerry O'Malan, film director of some renown in Cork. Yourself and your sister Valerie, you were adopted separately out of out of Besborough. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. Just let's take yeah, it right back. Right. Take it right back to the start. 
Yeah, so um, I was adopted out of Esbra in 1973 and Val was adopted then the following year in 74. Right, okay. Yeah, so the, the interesting thing is that um, we grew up in the same city, uh, three miles apart, but apparently the the official line back then was that you were supposed to be, you know, siblings weren't to be in the, in the same county, so that was the first thing growing up three miles apart. Yeah. Okay. Um, straight off the bat, that was unusual. That, that rule, but, that um, rule was was not followed at all. Actually, as it turned out, exactly, and yeah. that's that that's the first that's the first instance. But like, we'll never get to the bottom of of that, I suppose. And as I say, when I was initially um, contacted in around ninety eight and received a letter from my father, who's Egyptian, um, my mother and my sister separately, uh, my initial thing was to, was to balk at it. Just uh, I think kind of out of. Um, uh, probably overprotectiveness of the adopted parents and just had the idea that at the time, mistakenly, that nothing good would come but you know, but I couldn't have been more wrong in that regard. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be the first to think like that either. You were always aware that you were adopted, were you, Jerry? I was, and that's the thing. It was never hidden from me at all. Um, I was aware of it the whole way up, but um, for whatever reason, I think I had a complete blank on it. Like, it, it was not something that entered into my consciousness at all on any level, which like, I really can't understand, but it was it was completely like as if it didn't mean anything until the letters, as I say, came in in 98, um, which was a, a big shock then, of course. Yeah. And, you know, they had written several times then over the, from 98 to around 2004. Um, and each time I kind of politely said, you know, um, thanks, but, you know, maybe at a later stage. And then, uh, you know, fell straight over the sister in a club in 2004. Yeah, tell and me that story. So so you you got the letters and you were kind of saying, look, I'm going to hold off, I'm going to hold off. You weren't sure you wouldn't yeah. be the first in that regard. You'd be very, very um, familiar response. You, you, you just didn't kind of, you took the letters and read them and put them away and said, maybe one day, maybe not, you don't know. And then you went to a nightclub. What happened? Yeah, so I was going to a club, and it's just, it's very bizarre. See, I, I speak fluent Spanish, uh, PJ. I'm studying it by night in UCC yeah. at a business level, and I'm a tour guide as well. I, I'm a bilingual tour guide down in Cove there for excursions Ireland. Um, and I was going, to, I was thinking of going to Spain, and I could, I could only speak a few words at the time, and I thought Val was Spanish. I was pretty convinced of it, you know, and, but there was not, there was just something very weird about the whole thing, PJ, whether you want to look at it as cosmic or, I'm, I suppose I'm an agnostic, but I was kind of struck immediately by her. I can't explain it. I was just sat down. I was looking at it for about 15 minutes. And the hilarious thing is then um, Val was saying to her friend, uh, her friend was saying, oh, what's wrong? She was saying, oh, there's this creep. <laughs> there's this guy looking over. He's making me very uncomfortable. That was me, of course. I so speak. you'd never laid eyes on I, each other until that moment. And there you spot each other across a nightclub. And you're looking at her and thinking, is she Spanish? And I'm thinking she's Spanish, but there was something much deeper. Going, I can't explain it. Right. It was almost like a trance. It was very, very strange. And um, I don't know. I just kind of got lost in it. I was looking at her for about, for a while. And I said, like, I've got to go over to her. But it's actually not my style to go up to people. So I was actually very nervous. And I said, gee, because like, she think you're awful weird. Just going up to her the blue, like, and asking her. Was she? But I just said, I hilariously said to myself, he who dares wins. Mm. And... Um, but the heart pounding just went over and said, um, um, excuse me, um, are you Spanish? And then uh, she just said, uh, with a kind of a, her nice Mayfield accent <laughs> at the time, she just goes, nah, bye, but you look foreign. And I said, I'm half Egyptian. <laughs> and um, Val is very, very uh, quick, you know, um, like she works as a, a sales rep like uh, for uh, selling medical parcels. She was very sharp. She just straight up goes, I'm half Egyptian. Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? And I said, uh, no. She said, um, how old are you? It's the first thing she said. So that was, uh, I was 31 in 2004. So I said my age. She said, uh, right, 
She said, were, uh, were you adopted? I said, I was. She said, uh, what's your mother's name? I said, Noreen. She said, is she from County Clare? I said, uh, yeah. She said, is your father an Arab living in Cairo? I said, yeah. She said, um, what's your birth name? I said, Shireen, which is my Egyptian name. She said, Shireen Henry. And I said, yeah. And she goes, are you Jerry? I said, yeah. She goes, oh my God, I'm only like your sister. <laughs> and the amazing thing, BJ, is the first thing, I swear to God, which makes no sense, I thought it was, I was thinking, it's candid camera or some sort I'm being of TV thing, life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It has to be, right? But when I looked at her face, as I said, uh, um, in a, the, we did a thing in the, in the Echo Live, I said, like me at 17 in drag, right? Because she had the same eyes, the same teeth. I was looking back at myself. There was no question. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Sarah Horgan has that story. And there's, there's a picture of you there in the paper of the two of you sitting in what looks like a wine yes. bar. And ye are the... That was in Tenerife. Tenerife. You the pop off each other. That's it. And it, it's ridiculous. I mean, um, and the weird thing was Val was growing up. She always said, I have a twin, right? I, I know I have a twin. Now, we're not twins, but you wouldn't believe me. I nicknamed her Mini-Me, do you know, like from <laughs> the Austin Powers movie, because like, we're so the bulb off each other. And, you know, we always get the same reaction. Oh, my God, you look so alike. And we'd be like, yeah, we never heard that before. Yes. And you yeah. had been so nervous, and understandably so, because many people are. Yeah. You'd been so nervous when the letters came, and you'd kind of pushed them to one side. And now, you're best pals. Yeah, I mean, it, it life-changing was the understatement of the century. Look, I mean, adoption is a kind of, um, you know, there are it's a thing that has to be done. And of course, I'm, I'm in favour, but like, you know, there's um, a lot of things don't work out so well, or, or it's yeah. very complicated or messy. Yeah. You know, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get, like, far as comes with a box of chocolate. So... Um, but generally speaking, our thing was an amazing, uh, happy ending. We went on to be kind of um, in, in in each other's lives for years to come. In uh, in good and bad, we go away on holidays together. We're incredibly close. Um, I'm incredibly close uh, with uh, Val's wife, uh, Maureen, all their family. Um, it's just amazing. In our case, it's it's a fantastic happy ending. I met my mother uh, a few months later. My four half-brothers in Killaloo. And they go up to County Clare regularly. And I say then our um, our father is the mystery figure that Val did meet, um, I think, on two or three occasions around 98. And all I have is I have a kind of an old address of my grandmother in Egypt because I think I have an Egyptian brother and sister. And believe it or not, there's a um, Egyptian hairdressers. I can't give the name. It's terrible because they give a great, they're, they're, they're over um, by the GPO in um um, Oliver Plunker Street and actually they were over trying to have a look because they were over for a wedding in Egypt and even when I was doing a tour during the summer um, I gave my father's um, name and an old address um, to an Egyptian lady from England and she said if she was going over she'd have a look so Cairo Cairo's a thing. big place it's a bit it's a bit like saying do you know the Murphys from Ireland <laughs> it's worse it's worse and that's, and that's what we've been, been informed all I know as I say his name is a uh, Nassim Ahmed Hamed Amuda, that's what we've got. Right. Um, and I might even be saying that in the right order. But um, as I say, the, the dream part of it down the line would be could complete that um, part of the epic saga with himself and the brother and sister. But um, what we have so far anyway is pretty amazing. So we, it's really good to highlight, as you're saying, right, a positive story, uh, you know, because we know all the sad stuff and that's yeah. fine. That's all very important. But it's very good to... Um, to highlight a positive story, so fair juice to you as well for but doing you know that. But you know what I'm telling you, Jerry, and I'm, I'm doing this a long time, and talking to people on all sides of the adoption triangle, of all sides. Um, yeah. You know, the adopted people and adoptive parents and birth parents. I'm a lot of talking to all sides. There's an awful lot of stuff works out really, really well. 
really yeah. well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of really happy stories like this. Um, so you met your mom and you'd like to find dad if you could. Now, you spent so many years worrying about the effect on your on your parents. Um, that was okay? I did. Yeah, like as I said, um, they would never overtly said anything, but you know the way they wouldn't. I could pick it up from my mother in particular. I think my adopted mother, like you know, they would, as I said, they were very good. Like they would never, they never said a negative word or or raised an objection. But I could just feel it, you know. Mm. And as I say, it was protectiveness of them. And I think you know the weird thing is, I mean, obviously I can't imagine life without Val or any of the family. No, but it was such an alien concept to me, PJ. I was so shut down to it that until it happened. I it emotionally didn't exist, which is completely bizarre to say. I know that's probably, you know, your classic self-protective yeah. uh, thing. But it didn't seem to exist or register on any emotional level. It was just like ticking a box going, I'm adopted, you know. But there didn't even, there wasn't even, which is crazy, but there wasn't even an overt curiosity, as mm. I say, maybe a kind of an extreme form of again, shutting down. Or something again, like you wouldn't be the first to say that to me. I, yeah. One particular individual that I've known... You know, in this career, I've I've known pretty much since I started work as a journalist, and that's as much as I'll say without identifying the individual, and would be adopted and have absolutely no interest that ever was. And that was you. And then you meet your sister in a nightclub. And that's the, but it's full of ironies. I mean, you know, to say that it's life is what happens when you make other plans is the understatement of the century, because in this particular case, the real happy ending is I, for whatever reason, went out of my way for something not to happen. And it's literally, it just yeah. said, no, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. You Which and I talked before. Absolutely brilliant. She, the, the bond, she we was did. in your movie, yes. The Bond Delusion. She actually produced it with me, Val. So we, we spoke in February and April. And I saw you as well down at Karen Underwood's, um, you know, down in Besborough. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so you spoke very eloquently there, and that was brilliant. So myself and Val were down with that as well. So we know that you're not a great supporter of all of all the, this particular issue, which is brilliant. Right. God, I've, I've been privileged to, to host that thing, that, that event many, many times. Uh, yeah. I'm delighted for you. I really am so thrilled. It's such a lovely Yeah, thanks story. so much, PJ. Yeah, and as I said, it's it's great to talk to you again and, and, and the amazing, incredible thing to go through all that. And then, as I said, produce my first feature film and Val is like producer on it and she actually secured the uh, Yall Cinema, the Regal Cinema, where we screened it. So, you know, I'm really be working on... We're, we're getting a lot of interest and talk about doing the documentary Deadly. about um, the whole story. So we're going to look into doing that. Oh, I think that that'd be so great. It couldn't be a happier... I think, that'd be, a happier be a fan- I think that'd be a fantastic uh, yeah. idea. I think it really would be a fabulous so. idea, Jerry. I'm delighted for yeah, you both. Thanks, Congratulations. I, Cheers. Thanks so much. It's, it's a lovely, lovely story. Thank you very much, Jerry O'Malan. And it's in the Echo which Sarah Horgan has the story. That's just lovely. And I may tell you... There, there are many stories out there like that. The, the one about the painter and decorator, uh, I've met them. It's a, in the very early days of a group that I am a lot less involved with now, but I was back then, um, Know My Own. In the very early days of Know My Own, I heard that particular story of a mother and son. And he had been placed for adoption. And he, mother was looking for someone to do painting and decorating in the house and she picked his name out of the paper she booked him and he painted her house she paid him and etc etc went on and then she got noting that her son or a notion that her son was trying to trace her and trying to find her 
And she said, yeah, I'd love to meet him. And about a year previous to that, he had... Um, He'd painted and decorated her house. And there are loads of stories like that. Just loads of them. 0818-96-96-96. The World Cup kicked off yesterday, as you know. Um, whatever happened to poor old George Hamilton, we still don't know. But he has a massive shine around him. Shiners that you'd see fellas coming out of Sir Henry's with long ago. <laughs> um, George had a, had a shiner like that. But that's like, but. One pub has taken a particular stance on this World Cup. I speak of Gigi's in Clon, where Gordon O'Sullivan, you guys have decided we are not showing this World Cup in our pub. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you doing? Good. Why not? Um, well, I think we made the decision um, there a couple of weeks ago, you know, the controversy surrounding the, the World Cup um, in Qatar everything from the way it was awarded the, the privilege to host the event to, to I suppose, the last decade of, of, of the conditions migrant workers have been uh, worked under uh, in creating the infrastructure for the, the World Cup. Yeah. And obviously the state's um, laws and rights of women and, and the LGBT community. Um, so I think it was a, it was a bare public house in Clankilty, which is a very, very diverse Town, you know, it's a tourist town. We get a lot of visitors, and um, we're welcoming pub. And I'm sure they have customers who are of the LGBTQ community. Um, and yeah, I suppose it's just in support of them that mm. we, we we made this, the, the decision a couple of weeks ago. About how many people would the pub hold, Gordon? Uh, the pub probably hold about 150 people. Right, and would you show a lot of sport? Um, we wouldn't be reliant on sport. Um, to be fair, we do have very good. Screen for sport. Mm. But originally, when I opened the pub, actually, I didn't have any TV screens in the pub at all, um, and still don't actually. To the one large projector we have, so we do show sports on a weekly basis. Even yeah. the, the 2018 World Cup, where yeah. most of the matches on, uh, follow the team. You know, did a few uh, a few marketing toys around it and all that. But and would there be a, would there be a following? Like when you do bring bring up that big screen and show a big match, would 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 you have people coming in for? I would, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, the obviously all the big, big finals throughout the year, you'd be you'd be fairly full of first and all that. Um, the matches there, I think a lot of people have Sky Sports at home who are interested in watching Sky Sports or sports in general. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's midweek. You yeah. know, it depends. If there's a big Champions League game on, you definitely get a crowd. You wouldn't be concerned that not not so much in the first round. I mean, half the matches in the first round, sure, we kind of can pretty tell they'll go before they even start. But when you get into the right. the business end of this World Cup, are you you're not afraid that you'd lose some custom to your rival down the road? Yeah, a few people have said that to me. I'm actually a massive soccer fan myself. Um, but you know what? I I've very I've no interest at all in watching this World Cup yeah. this year. Um, but yeah, a few people said that to me about losing customers and like really if that's a small place to play. But yeah. I suppose I also feel that you could work your way and that someone might prefer to go for a nice drink and a chat yes. and not have the TVs on all yes. over the place. Yes, see, I mean, I see a lot of people who said they won't watch the World Cup. Personally with me, I don't have any great, huge interest in I'll watch a half a dozen matches that that take my fancy, but but yeah. and um, the final, that's that's the way. I, with, with, with any World Cup, that would be me. That yeah. would be me. Do you know? Um, but, but I've heard the same even over the weekend. I know we were fairly full set night, 
a lot of people, I suppose, complimented me on the decision. Good, good. Um, and they, a lot of people said the same thing, that they, they have no interest in watching this year's World Cup. Um, I don't want to the fact that it's on during the winter. Uh, I suppose the times during for the matches aren't very accommodating, but yeah, I think it's it's just it's a World Cup that's a lot of bad press and yeah, it, uh, I feel it's not going to yeah, have there's a bad numbers. There's a bad taste off the World Cup before it even kicks off. There is. There's a bad Absolutely, taste of yeah. it. Winter time, I mean, what, like, what is so important about them that they get to hold it in the winter and and in a country where, you know, it's it's illegal to be gay and 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 all that kind of thing. Now, no, I, there's people coming in here messaging you in. Anna says it's a very inclusive and progressive decision, and should be commended. Um, well done, yeah. well done, yeah. says Anna. Uh, the, the, you know, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm a family man myself. I have a little two-year-old here running around me, and uh, going from way to there as well. But um, I suppose I have nephews, I have nieces, I have sons, I have daughters, myself, I have friends who obviously have children. And, you know, when they grow up and if they decide they're part of the LGBTQ community, obviously you want them to have the same, you know, rights, freedoms um, as, as anyone else, you know. And I, I suppose just the, the the rules and the laws in Qatar yeah. are very much uh, against that type of lifestyle. And, yeah, I... I I'd, I'd it's it's completely illegal. It's not just it against illegal, it. Yeah. It's, it's it's it's. I mean, it's yeah, like it was in this country. We we look back at nineteen nineties in this country and we think it was illegal to be gay. What? Well, it's illegal to be gay in Qatar. I see the presenters on RT over the weekend yeah. just calling out the the Qatari yeah. regime after FIFA. Yeah. FIFA said just get on with the football. You kind of can't, can you? Did I think that the president of FIFA actually made a bit of a critical vote last year when he was pressed on it. Um, but yeah, did FIFA since tried to, to, to do U-turn on it. But um, yeah, you're right, it's legal over there. I was just checking my facts last night and a homosexual man over there is, you know, a hefty point apparently or two years in jail and there's yeah. even the death penalty which hasn't been carried out for such such a, a thing. But um, right. the laws are there. That's right. Bernie says, well done. It's a business I'd support if it were near me because you have the courage of your convictions and you're thinking of others. Going down well has your decision, Gordon, and uh, well done to you. Great. Appreciate it. Cheers. Gordon O'Sullivan from Gigi's in Clan. Not showing uh, the World Cup. Uh, and if they lose business, they lose business. They don't think they will, but if they do, they do. It's worth more to them than that. Thank you for that, uh, Gordon. John says, lastly, it was disgusting to see Leo Varadkar lauding the policies of Taoiseach Michal Martin. On a surface level, it has one meaning, but we all know they never praise another party like that. He was setting out stall for another grand coalition, another attempt to thwart a change like the left and Sinn Féin. We're not fooled. We get the message, but we don't like it. So we all got the message, John, whether you like it or not, kind of doesn't matter. I heard Leo saying that about Michal on Saturday. Well, there's someone been softened up for another go. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. You're not wrong there at all, John. That's it. Programme edited by Imar O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. See you tomorrow, just after nine. The legendary Cork's 96FM Santa Calls are back. We've asked Santa to call as many children as possible before the big day, and as a good friend of the show, he's agreed. Ho, ho, ho! Santa Claus is coming to Santa, Santa, Santa.
To be able to chance to get a call from Santa in the North Pole, simply go to 96fm.ie and fill out the form. Santa Calls with Dan Seaman Motors, the ho-ho-home of Fiat, Alfa Romeo, Jeep and Fiat Professional in Cork. See danseamanmotors.ie Only on Cork's 96FM.